the word ekphrasis comes from the Greek for the description of the work of art produced as a rhetorical exercise. It is a vivid, often dramatic, verbal description of a visual art piece. Hi everyone, this is Darwin Mesidou. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of The Ekphrastic, a podcast where we paint pictures with words. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter. We're at The Ekphrastic, Instagram, The Ekphrastic, same thing. And to check out all the artwork we discuss, please visit uh, www.darwindarko.com backslash ekphrastic. Today, MC Escher is one of the world's most famous graphic artists. Despite wide popular interest, in his day, Escher was dismissed by the art world, but venerated by mathematicians. We'll get to know him a little bit better, but first, let's get into some art news. Okay, so in our rapid-fire roundup, um, we have starting off, Tyler Mitchell takes London, the 27-year-old photographer known for both um, glossy magazine editorials and photography that explores the history of black life in the South is opening his debut exhibition with uh, Gagosian in London and preparing a commission for the Freeze Masters Fair next month. He will also host a night of art and film at the Victoria and Albert Museum. Read more upon that at the New York Times. Next up, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda on how to help Puerto Rico and its artists. After Hurricane Fiona hits last hit, uh, last week, Puerto Rico is in a state of despair, as you can imagine. The, the uh, island's art and cultural groups are also suffering. They need direct investment, uh, Miranda writes. The Flamboyant Arts Fund has enabled direct support of 541 artists and 106 arts organizations, including museums, theaters, arts, education programs, concert venues and um, and they have been affected all have been affected by recent natural disasters um, all right so read more up on that at the Washington Post so in a press release uh, in, in, in our next story a press release Prado will will scour um, collection for works seized during Spanish Civil War so the Spanish Institute institution will investigate its holdings to find works that may have been seized during the Spanish Civil War it has already released a list of 25 works that may have been potentially deposited in the museum during the regime of dictator Francisco Franco. Uh, so that was in a press release. They um, they put that out. Let's see. Any other interesting things in our roundup here? Uh, Bard College's Keith Herring Fellowship endowed permanently. So the Keith Herring uh, Fellowship... Uh, in art and activism will remain endowed in perpetuity at Bard College thanks to a $3.2 million gift from the Keith Herring Foundation. Nice. The Merrillis uh, Hessel Foundation and George Soros. The college named uh, Egyptian author uh, Haython El uh, Wardani as the 2022-2023 Herring Fellow and also announced plans to permanently reinstall a wall drawing featuring Heron's baby motif at the college. So that was in a press release. Um, that was that was dope. Um, and in Cleveland, the last one here, 
Cleveland Museum of Art names new board chair. So Ellen Stern Mavic will secede Scott Mueller for a three-year term. She is the president of the Kelvin and Eleanor Smith Foundation, a former dealer specializing in decorative arts and has served on the board since 1991. Um, so I don't know if that's a glass ceiling being broke there, but uh, shout outs to Cleveland. For our main stories, we have uh, we have dual main stories this time around. But for the first one up, uh, I'm reading from Vice News here. This was an article uh, from August, uh, at the end of August there. Uh, they titled it, um, An AI-Generated Artwork Won First Place at a State Fair Fine Arts Competition and Artists Are Pissed. All right, they start off with the uh, rendition of it and the pictures. It looks, it looks dope. Um, very, very detailed. I'm interested to see what they say about it. So a man came in first at the Colorado State Fair's fine art competition using an AI-generated artwork on Monday. I won first place, a user going by uh, Syncarnate, Syncarnate, I guess? Uh, It looks like a handle. Said in a Discord post above uh, photos of the AI-generated canvas hanging at the fair. Syncarnate's name is actually Jason Allen, who is president of Colorado-based tabletop gaming company, uh, Incarnate Games. Um, According to the State Fair's website, he won in the digital art uh, category with a work called Theater Dobre Special. Okay. The image, which Allen printed on canvas for submission, is gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It is rather remarkable. Like I said, very detailed. The the it's almost photorealistic. But if you had a photorealistic picture and put like a painting filter on it, very. Uh, it got characters uh, walking throughout um, the the um, the foreground, and then a giant circle, odd shaped window. How that braves the elements? It's not practical at all, but it looks dope. Um, maybe it's in a place that uh, sees, sees nothing but dry weather. Um, so continuing here, the image which Alan printed on canvas for submission is gorgeous. It depicts a strange scene that looks like it could be from a space opera. And it looks like a masterfully done painting. Classical figures in a Baroque hall stare through a circular viewpoint into a sun-drenched and radiant landscape. But Alan did not paint uh, Teatro Dobre Spacial. Uh, spatial? I, you know, I think it's switching up languages. I think the last word is actually just spatial. Let's go with that. The AI software called Midjourney did. Uh, that's who pa- actually painted it. Um, it used his prompts, but Alan did not wield a, di- a digital brush. This distinction has caused controversy on Twitter where working artists and enthusiasts accused Alan of hastening the death of creative jobs. Um... Got to start somewhere. It's unfortunate, like, but I'm sure the last guy who um, uh, was who owned a, a horse and buggy business was pissed when when cars started rolling down those same roads. Um, but you know, maybe the death of art is uh, prematurely announced just now. But you know, I guess they call it a slippery slope. They don't call it a slippery slope for no reason. So. Someone entered an art competition with an AI-generated piece of uh, piece and won the first prize. Artist Janelle Jumalin said on a, in a viral tweet about Allen's win. Yeah, that's pretty fucking shitty. Uh, we're watching the death of artistry, and that was a quote. Yeah, so he was pissed there. 
Uh, we're watching the death of artistry unfold before our eyes. A Twitter user going by Omnimorpho said uh, that gained over 2,000 likes. If creative jobs aren't safe from machines, then even high-skilled jobs are in danger of becoming obsolete. What will we have? Um, what will we have then? Uh, I mean, you go watch the movie Wally. You know, this is what's going to happen. And not to say I'm not sympathetic for the going for it should be a different category, maybe. Um, digital, digital artwork also. You know, when when digital artwork. Even if, yeah, you just said you had a, you know, a stylist that you were using to, to do the work, that was in itself probably seen by the classical artist as um, a travesty, you know? So now digital artists are upset that the AI has jumped into the game and, and I can understand, but hey, you know, I mean, your glass houses and whatnot and in the constitution of bricks <laughs> and stones, how they make up, um, and being in a situation where you may not want to be practicing your um, your overhand in such an accommodation. That's all I'm saying, right? Um, but I get it. It's definitely it's, it's you know it's it's, it's kind of wow, and it, but it looks amazing. So um, let's round off the rest of this here. Uh, I'll go towards the end. So Alan said that his critics are judging the art by the method of his creation, and that eventually the art world will recognize AI created art as its own category. Uh, what if we looked at it from the other extreme? What if an artist made a wildly difficult and complicated series of, of um, restraints in order to create a piece, say they made the art while hanging upside down and being whipped uh, while painting, he said. Should this artist's work be evaluated differently than another artist that created the same piece normally? I know that uh, what will become of this in the end? They are simply going to create an artificial intelligence art category, I imagine, for, for things like this. So artists are concerned about the rise of AI-generated art. Atlantic writer Charlie Warzel went viral after running an edition of the magazine's newsletter with a mid-journey-generated picture of Alex Jones. A major publication using AI for art instead of a human, um, instead of a human upset a lot of people. Technology is increasingly deployed to make gig jobs and make um, billionaires richer. And so, so much of it doesn't seem to benefit the public good enough, cartoonist Matt Bors told uh, Warzel in a follow-up piece. AI art is part of that. To developers and, technology, uh, and technically minded people, it's this cool thing, but to illustrators, it's very upsetting because it feels like you've eliminated the need to hire the illustrator. Allen said he had clearly labeled his submission to the state fair as Jason Allen via Midjourney, and once again noted the human element required to produce the work. I generated the images with uh, with MJ. Do uh, do pass? Um, I do passes with Photoshop and upscale with uh, Gigapixel. Despite the controversy, the win has only encouraged him. I'm not stopping now, he said. This win has only emboldened my mission. Uh, so <laughs> there's more to come. There's going to be some beef in the art world. And uh, we will follow up on this sometime in the future and see um, where this goes. I, I think I think definitely what they'll end up doing is um, creating a separate category. Um, but let's move on to our, our final piece here. Uh, more importantly, uh, in the news is uh, the message that is being sent by Lil Amal, who makes a big who makes big strides in sh in shedding light on the plight of children in war zones. So this is a 12 foot tall puppet 
uh, and it made an appearance actually on The View uh, uh, TV show recently during a New York City um, uh, visit. So Little Mo is making, um, uh, is, is making a big impact at the Big Apple during her journey Wednesday through, so this was this was written on September 28th, so a couple weeks, uh, about a week ago. Uh, during her journey Wednesday through New York City, the 12-foot-tall puppet made her live studio world debut on the Emmy Award-winning daytime talk show, The View. Created in 2021, the puppet represents a 10-year-old Syrian refugee from Aleppo uh, searching for her mother. In Arabic, Amal means hope. And the hope behind the larger-than-life puppet is to make sure nobody forgets about the children fleeing war, violence, and oppression around the world. It's estimated that Little Mall has reached more than 1 million people in person with her artistic and commanding presence. Traveling over 5,500 miles and visiting over 12 countries, she began her journey on the Syrian-Turkish border, then crossed Turkey, Greece, Italy, Belgium, France, Germany, UK, and even visited refugee children in um, Ukraine. Little Amal towered over the view uh, at, dur during her um, appearance on the show, co-hosts and audience alike as she entered the studio. She was joined by artistic director Amir uh, Nazar Zubai. We wanted to create a project that honors this long journey across Europe that refugees take, Zubai said. Knowing the problem of refugees is an ongoing problem in the world caused by climate change, Wars, conflict, and we want to create a project um, that honors them. Uh, but it also, yeah, it's, it's also theater. Little Amal was built by the Handspring Puppet Company in Cape Town, South Africa, which also is responsible for the puppetry behind the play, um, the play War Horse. It took approximately five months to make Amal, and requires the international puppeteer to stand on stilts um, that are over three feet tall. The international puppeteer controls the movements of her legs, head, and, and face, while two additional puppeteers take on arm on her arm uh, movements. She is operated by nine rotating puppeteers: Ashley, um, Craig Thompson, um, several others that are listed here. So they they told the uh, ABC News that she will often adopt different personalities depending on who is with her. Our puppetry team is magnificent and well-experienced by now because we have been walking for more than a year, Zubai said in, uh, on The View. It's been phenomenal to, uh, to, to be with her. On the 14th of September, little Amal uh, landed in JFK Airport, visiting all five boroughs during her 17-day visit in, in the, the big city. She, will attend 50, she would have attended 55 free and public events to show her solidarity to immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers everywhere, not only Syrian, um, Zubai said. She tells a story of all children that are like her. One of the events Little Mall attend was the Bronx Children's Museum, where Bronx native and co-host Sonny uh, Hostin serves as the uh, on the board. Mall visited us, and the children responded in the most positive way. Hostin told Zubai, "The last opportunity to see Little Mall in New York." Uh, was uh, last Sunday in Brooklyn Bridge Park. Um, so I got the news out a little bit late, but hopefully folks, you know, definitely this uh, 12 foot tall puppet is not, it's, it's hard to miss. So 
I imagine um, many, many folks have seen it, and I, I caught wind of this because of social media myself. So many people were able, uh, many, hopefully hundreds of thousands of people were able to experience the, um, the art that is this giant puppet and the artistry behind the message uh, for a very serious message when we're talking about refugees across the world. So uh, check that out for more of that. Uh, you can go on ABC News to look at some pictures that were accompanied by the artist by the um, by the article. I would definitely I would definitely recommend that. So before we get back to our artist, I of course have a book recommendation. So just above Midtown, Changing Spaces. This is a text by Eric Booker, Brandon Ng, Kelly Jones, uh, Yelena Keller, Mariel uh, Ingram, Legacy Russell. So a group effort on on this one. Just Above Midtown, or JAM, was an art gallery and self-described laboratory for experimentation led by Linda Good Bryant, that foregrounded African-American artist and artist of color. Open from 1974 to 1986, it was a place where an expansive idea of contemporary art flourished and debate was cultivated. The, the gallery offered nearly, um, you know, very early opportunities for artists recognized as pivotal figures in the late 20th century, uh, including David Holmes, uh, Butch Morris, Lorraine O'Grady, as well as a non-hierarchical approach to art that welcomed artists without stylistic you know, prescriptions. This richly illustrated jacketed paperback catalog includes essays that contextualize jam and consider its legacy. A conversation between Good Bryant and uh, Thelma Golden, director and chief curator of the Studio Museum in Harlem, a complete exhibition chron um, chronology written by the MoMA and Studio Museum staff with nearly 50 annotated entries and excerpts from oral histories with JAM staff and artists conducted especially for this project. So definitely check that out wherever books are sold. And now let's get back to our artist, MC Escher. Moritz Cornelius Escher was born in 1898 in Friesland uh, in the Netherlands in a house that forms part of the Princes of Ceramics Museum today. He was the youngest son of the civil engineer George Arnold Escher and his second wife, Sarah Gleichman. Moritz Cornelius was named after one of his mother's grandfathers, actually. When he was small, his official name was changed by the family to the familiar Maki, later becoming Mach, um, a name that would also be used by his friends. In 1903, the family moved to Arnhem, where he attended primary and secondary school until 1918. He was a sickly child and was placed in a special school at the age of seven. He failed the second grade. Although he excelled in drawing, his grades were generally poor. Through his father's connections, he was, he was nonetheless accepted as a first-year student at the Technical University in, in Delft. His parents hoped that he would become an architect. They would have liked him to learn a real profession rather than, as Mock wished, to become an artist. By the end of the 1920s, during which he had traveled extensively in Italy and Spain and met and married his wife, Jetta, Escher was exhibiting his work regularly in Holland, um, in 1934, uh, he, he actually won 
uh, his first American um, exhibition prize at that time. But it was, it would be only two years later that like that Escher really became Escher. Uh, in 1922, an important year in his life, he traveled through Italy, Florence, um, through Italy, visiting places like Florence, um, Votella, Siena, Ravello. In the same year, he also traveled through Spain, he went to Madrid, Toledo, um, Granada. He was impressed by the Italian countryside and in Granada by the Moorish architecture of the 14th century. The intricate decorative designs of the Armaba, based on geometrical sy symmetries, featuring interlocking rep repetitive patterns in the colored tiles, or sculpted into the walls and ceilings, triggered his interest in the mathematics of tessellation and became a powerful influence on his work going forward. So what is a tessellation? Um, it's, it's when a geometric shape or tile sort of repeats itself over and over again, covering a, a 2D or 3D surface without any gaps or overlaps. There, there are different styles of tessellations depending on the shapes used. So, um, the actual word comes from the Latin term tessera, meaning small tile-like stone. So you, you can imagine you've seen such a thing, like probably in your own home, if you look at the tiles. Uh, I'm originally from Florida, and there's tiles in all the homes there. Um, so that would be a form of tessellation. Tessera was used to make tessellata, meaning mosaics and tiling. Then um, uh, that decorative ancient all over Roman buildings. There are many types of tessellations, all of which can be classified as those that repeat or uh, non-periodic. There's the, there's these uh, quasi-periodic and those that are are fractals. The most common configurations are are regular tessellations and semi-regular tessellations. Uh, Escher's lithographs, his wood cuttings, engravings, and drawings expressed a high level of technical expertise and meticulous attention to detail. Uh, with his puzzling de depictions of tessellating staircases and interlocking objects within space, Escher offered visual conundrums to the viewer. It's not hard to spot something that, it, you know, in Escher art um, or uh, something as Escher-esque, right? So it would be a derivative of some of M.C. Escher's stuff. Uh, in, the, in the late 30s, uh, he became obsessed by the regular division of the plane. Uh, which you would call it, and which shapes, often fish, lizards, or birds, are tiled across a flat plane in such a way that the spaces between them make other recognizable shapes. Uh, this technique was di uh, was directly inspired by the um, Alhambra. Day and Night from 1934 features black and white birds forming. They're, they're flying in like, um, you know how birds fly in that a triangle um, type of shape. So, so these black and white birds form uh, are arranged in in a way over a checkered board countryside. So, not only is there a checkerboard countryside, the birds themselves you have one. You have you look. The white birds are going to to the east, and then the the black birds are going to the west, and they just melt into each other, and you can't really tell where the picture begins or ends. And all this is over. Um, you know, the landscape of like a checkerboard, just like field or some farmland or something like that, that just happens to be, you know, decked out like 
the checker pattern that the birds are now making in the sky. So it's you come across something like that that makes that that makes your mind bend and twist. You've come across probably an MC Escher. In many of these images, the distinction between foreground and background is obliterated. Uh, the viewer can choose to see one or the other set of shapes as the foreground at will. So in, in that, he gives you um, two paintings in one or three in one painting in some in certain cases, right? Um, he gave a revealing lecture in, um, I keep saying painting, uh, lithographs. Uh, he gave a revealing lecture in 1953 that... Uh, distinguished between feeling people, artists who concentrate on the human form, and thinking people, artists like himself, who are reality enthusiasts, uh, interested in the, quote, language of matter, space, and the universe. Escher's greatest pictures are not simply geometric exercises. They marry formal astonishment with a vivid and idiosyncratic vision. He says, I can keep from fooling around with our irrefutable certainties. It is, for example, a pleasure knowingly to mix up two and three dimensions, flat and spatial, and to make fun of gravity. Today's ekphrastic poem is a retrospective on Escher's drawing hands. As a reminder, here's how this works. Remember, this is going to be a description of a visual art piece. As I'm speaking... I want you to visit the ekphrastic page on my website, darwindarko.com. Check the show notes. Uh, there should be a link there. Uh, you can find all the stuff we talk about on the, on the show uh, there for your viewing pleasure. To accompany today's reading, I want you to pull up the 1984 lithograph on, paper, on a white woven paper drawing hands. I'll give you a second to search for it in your browser. There's a mysterious relationship between subject and object. It's a constant flow where you can't quite put your finger on where it begins, where it ends. I am God, and I'm working on myself. The line between a two-dimensional drawing and three-dimensional reality, cleverly at play. A dangerous game with no erasers, no unbecoming, forced to continue. I made you in my likeness, an image of myself. Infinity in 3D, arising from a once-flat state. The existence of which seems impossible according to the laws of physics, symmetry. Impressive, but no one's perfect. Speaking for myself. Four corners of the sheet attached to the canvas, setting such flimsy boundaries on reality. From the right and left edges, the outlines of the shirt cuffs appear. Risks emerge. Things are getting too real. It seems I've outdone myself. Clearly, this is nothing more than a drawing. One hand sketches the cuff with a few light strokes. Then suddenly, the second hand returns the gesture. The paradoxical act of drawing one another into existence. Made in my image or made in yours? What have I done to myself? The hands. They go beyond the boundaries of the white sheet and live their own lives, each wielding that which may be mightier than the sword. Impressive, but 
No one's perfect. Not even myself. Cuffs drawn, one hand adding the finishing touches to the other. Insistence is everything, everywhere. All at once. I made you in my likeness, an image of myself. I made you in my likeness, an image of myself. Strange loop. A closed system which continuously, self-referentially, simultaneously, humbly, repeats with no seam to distinguish between beginning or end. I am God, and I'm working on myself. M.C. Escher is renowned for his innovative works of art. He likes to make one look into the details of the prints and think about what they mean, and their inner explanations. Paradoxical acts are very common in Escher's prints, and in drawing hands, it is even more clear and interesting, even though the act itself is, you know, simple and superficial uh, at first glance. The fact that he manages to make a one-dimensional part become a three-dimensional one is really fascinating and interesting to look at. The artist who created some of the most memorable images of the 20th century was never actually fully embraced by the art world. Um, there's just one work by Moritz Cornelius Escher in all of Britain's galleries and museums. And it was not until his 70th birthday that the full, that his first full retrospective exhibition took place in his native Netherlands. That would be, uh, that was 1924. At which uh, time Escher held his, you know, his first exhibition at the Sunflower Gallery in The Hague. In the coming years, he exhibited regularly in Italy and Netherlands, um, including um, Poultry in The Hague, um, Leeuwarden, and Utrecht, but also in Rome. And in um, 34, a print of an Italian landscape even won third place at the. <laughs> Exhibition of Contemporary Prints at the Chicago Art Museum. Third place. So who won, I, who won second and first place? Do we even know those names today? Um, I wonder. So Escher died actually in 1972 in Netherlands. Uh, since his earliest youth, MC Escher's health has never been good. Uh, in his later years, he underwent two serious operations. Um, for for having uh, health problems his entire life, he does a pretty good run, you know, up to, uh, past the age of uh, of seventy. There, so uh, during his lifetime, he made four hundred and forty eight lithographs, woodcuts, wood engravings, and more than two thousand drawings and sketches. In addition to his work as a graphic artist, he illustrates uh, books, designs carpets. Banknotes, stamps, mirror. I saw a stamp um, the other day. Of course, just as intricate as anything else it itself is a is a magnificent, magnificent piece of art. Um, uh, yeah, and it, it, he did murals also. Today, the artist's work are held in the collection of the uh, the MoMA in New York, the National Gallery of Art in D.C., the National Gallery of Canada in Ottawa, and the Escher in Het. Uh, Palace that's in the uh, in the Hague and, and and many other places. So, um, I you know I told you what to look for earlier. You know, so his his work is all is all over. And just go to your uh, um, modern art or contemporary art uh, section, and you'll be able to find his his stuff there most likely. Uh, if you're in the, if you're in any museum that's like that's big enough. 
and, and so, so in closing, MC Escher, he plays with architecture, perspective, and impossible spaces. His art continues to amaze and wonder millions of people around the world. In his work, we recognize his excellent observation of the world around us and the expression of his own fantasy. MC Escher um, shows us that reality is, is wonderful, understandable, and fascinating. In his words, we adore chaos because we love to produce order. Wow. So that, you know, we, we were able to paint another pretty picture today with our words. I'm glad you were able to take that journey with me. For this and other artwork we discussed, please visit darwindarko.com backslash ichfrastic. It's where you can find all of this stuff cataloged for your viewing pleasure. If you like the show or if you want to leave some creative feedback, please rate us. Five stars gives us, gives us, a, give us a thumbs up, a like, uh, leave a comment. Uh, that's always helpful. Another great way to support the show is to share it on your socials, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Speaking of which, we are on Twitter, Instagram, at The Ekfrastic. Uh, even on YouTube, just type in Ekfrastic Podcast. Follow the show, and whenever we put out new content, maybe we'll uh, swim our way up your timeline. I've been Darwin Nesidu. Thanks again for listening to The Ekfrastic. <laughs>